It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Every single team needs a break glass in case of emergency guy. And in this case, that might be the third point guard. So next in our training camp battle series, Quinn Cook versus Matthew Delvadova. Who deserves that spot? Brendan Nunez and I break it down on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. Today brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter uh, and producer for ABC 10 News. And if you missed the first two of our training camp battles series, first episode uh, was the starting two guard spot, Malik Monk versus Kevin Herter. Last episode was the starting four spot, Keegan Murray versus Trey Lyles. Today, we're not talking about starters. We're not even talking about a consistent rotation spot. We're talking about the third point guard spot. Now, we don't even know if the Sacramento Kings are going to use one of their roster spots to fill this hole. I believe they should. I believe they will. It's important to have a third point guard on the roster in the event that something, knock on word, would have happened to both or either of De'Aaron Fox or Davion Mitchell. The Kings need someone who can come in, at least handle the ball for a while, and maybe they view someone who plays the two or maybe even plays the three as a potential candidate for that position, but bringing in Quinn Cook, bringing in Matthew Delavadova, the belief is that it's the two of them battling it out for that spot. And between the two of them, who deserves the spot or who would be better for the Kings for that spot? Brendan Nunez and I break down the argument for both sides and who we would pick. And of course, we want to hear who you would pick right here on Locked on Kings. The good news is for the Sacramento Kings this season, the two point guard spots are, are pretty solidified. We know De'Aaron Fox is there. We know Davion Mitchell is coming off the bench. I'm sure Davion Mitchell is going into this training camp believing that he has a chance to start alongside De'Aaron Fox. That's the expectation that I want him to have coming into training camp. But it's always good to have ball handlers. And the reality is De'Aaron has been banged up in years past. De'Aaron's played hurt a ton. And it would be great to get 82 games out of your starting point guard. But that's not always realistic. So it's always good to have a third ball handler, a third point guard on the roster. The Sacramento Kings have issued uh, training camp invites and contracts to both Matthew Delavadova, who spent time uh, with uh, Mike Brown in Cleveland, and to Quinn Cook, who spent time with Mike Brown in Golden State. So we're going to debate between the two of them, this training camp battle of which one of these guys just gets a roster spot. I think one of the two of them will get a roster spot just to have that point guard depth. The reality is neither of them should play too much. And if they're not playing that much, it's probably a good thing for the Sacramento Kings. But Brendan, 
here we go. This final roster spot, and this might be spot number 15 or 14, to be honest with you, that these two guys are competing for. Quinn Cook versus Matthew Delavadova. Let's start with Delhi just because he was signed first. Delhi made a name for himself as a hardworking, gritty defensive player who at one point I know pissed off Kyrie Irving in Cleveland with just how hard he would play defensively in practice. He brings a vibe, an energy that I think the Sacramento Kings definitely could use, but that's Della Vadova from years ago. Is that Della Vadova right now? And that's what's tough to gauge, right? I, I tried to, when the Kings first signed him, go back and watch uh, some of his NBL games. I, I think he's been playing with Melbourne, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and watched uh, a handful of those games and some of his playoff series as well. And I don't know that defensively, like I think viewing him as a stopper is probably unfair at this point in his career. He's dealt with a whole lot of uh, random different injuries. He just turned 32 earlier this week. Um, so I think that it's telling that in the NBL, which I think is right there with the EuroLeague is one of the better leagues in the world outside of the NBA, um, that he's getting pulled at the end of that game for possibly defensive purposes. Like I think that there's potentially better defensive options on the floor. And, and I think that obviously it has to do with his offensive production as well, but uh, you know, he's not expected to be closing in the NBA, but I think not being a closer in the NBL in clutch moments is a little bit telling for where he's at at the current point of his career. Um, and I think a lot of what it's going to have to do with Delhi is, is the intangibles, right? That intensity that you're bringing in practice that you're talking about that maybe irked Kyrie a little bit of points in years prior. Like, I think that that's very valuable for a Sacramento team that like engagement was something we talked about so often last year, right? Or even communication. Like that's not a skill on the floor that's maybe going to wear away with time. I think that there's a lot of people that maybe that gets better in time. And maybe there's a sense of leadership that Della Vadova could bring. That isn't something that I'm going to have a great feel for until we're able to talk to some of these people in the coaching staff and other players around and such. But I, I think that that's something that I could, I view as potentially a positive for, for Outback Jesus. <laughs> My, I've simplified this Quinn Cook versus Della Vadova uh, debate to a completely different debate. To me, this debate is basketball versus leadership. It's really what it is, in my opinion. Quinn, or uh, rather, Matthew Della Vadova to me is a locker room presence more than anything else. He is someone who knows Mike Brown's system, who is a supporter of Mike Brown's system who theoretically can bring accountability to hold others to Mike Brown's system, essentially could be an extension of Mike Brown, but as a player in that locker room. The question is, do you use a roster spot for that, or would it just be better for Mike Brown to offer Della Vadova a spot on his coaching staff? Right. I've heard that idea uh, floated around before, and I think that that's definitely intriguing. I think that... Um, they spent one year together, right, in Cleveland. Delhi's rookie year, I believe it is. Um, yeah, 13-14 for Brown was his uh, last year. He came back for Cleveland for that one season, and that was Delhi's rookie year. Um, so th maybe there's a sense of familiarity there, but I think it's easy to forget, like you mentioned at the top, like he might even be more familiar with Quinn Cook. And I think that there is, during their time that they spent together on Golden State, obviously. And I think that... The Della Vadova leadership thing is interesting, um, but 
your voice has to carry a weight to the rest of the players, right? And so I think that his relationship and how he gets along with the rest of the players on the uh, roster is something interesting to monitor in that aspect as well. And I, I don't think anybody's just going to write off someone's opinion um, like Delavidova, who I think has uh, shown that he can was was a key piece on a championship team. You know, so I, I think that it's not like there's anybody in this locker room in my mind that's just not listening at all. But I think it carries a different weight when there's a certain level of respect and also production that's also happening at the current point, as we've seen with some guys in years prior. Right. Like a, a Shumper, uh, where it's like, you know, it definitely changed the culture of the team. But I, I just don't think the voice carries as quite as much weight when you're not um, a staple in the rotation. And. So I think that that's an interesting thing that I'm going to kind of be monitoring when it comes to Delhi's leadership possibilities. And I think defensively is another big plus for Delhi. Again, I don't think he's a stopper at this point in his career, but I don't think that he's a liability out there like maybe some other third string guards are going to be. And I, I think that that's the case with Cook as we'll get to. But Delhi being 6'3", I, I think has decent versatility to him. And I don't think he's a positive on defense, but I think he's smart. He's feisty. I, I think that he's a, a neutral defensively, which is a plus that he has over Cook in my mind. Quinn Cook and Matthew Delavadova, both former NBA champions. Quinn Cook, technically a two-time NBA champion, although we know his role on the Warriors was maybe significantly smaller than Delavadova's was on the Cavs when they won their championship. But Brendan, I think, believe it or not, the two-way contract might play a factor into this. And what I mean by that is if you're giving Matthew Delavadova the 15th roster spot because you like the the um, what he brings to the Sacramento Kings... You like the leadership that he can provide, the locker room presence that he is, but you have question marks about him actually picking up a basketball and playing at the NBA level. Does that open up an opportunity for a Keon Ellis? Does that give you an opportunity to where if you need to? Now, I don't necessarily trust Keon Ellis as a point guard. We saw very little flashes of him doing that in summer league, and it was whatever. Uh, I, I don't really put too much stock into that, but... In, does the two-way contract, having two two-way guys in, in Ellis and Kata, does that make it a little easier for Mike Brown to give a roster spot to someone like Delavadova, who they view as more of a off-court locker room impact than they do on-court locker or on-court basketball impact? It's interesting, and I hadn't considered this. I mean... I think that Keon Ellis is an all-star this year, obviously. Hell yeah. So uh, <laughs> speaking my language over here, Matt. Um, no, I, I think that your point of like, he's certainly not a point guard. He's a wing, right? I, I want to say that he had a couple more turnovers than assists uh, during his time at Alabama. Maybe it's the other way around a few more assists, but it's like about even there, which is certainly not what you're hoping from uh, somebody. If you're looking for them as a point guard, I think he's more of like a two, three and you know, not great size for the three. So I think that that's where maybe his complications lie. Um, I don't think that those two ways factor all too much into it. I'm not expecting much from Keon Ellis in year one because I don't think he's a backup one um, or a third string. I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's more of a two and, and Sacramento is a little bit crowded when it comes to those roles. I, I think what's interesting here with these third string point guards is that like, if anything, I think it's more of like a could 
you get away with Kevin Herter or Malik Monk there, like if you need to, you know, because I think both these guys we're talking about in Quinn Cook and Matthew Delvadova are just like break glass in case of emergency, right? Absolutely. If either one of these guys are playing significant minutes, the Kings are in trouble. Big time. Um, and I think that Fox obviously is a great playmaker who you can ride for 35 minutes out there. I think that Sabonis is the same. And I think that if one of Fox or Davion were to go down, that just you're already running the offense through Sabonis. It's just about who's bringing the ball up the floor and getting it to Domas. And I think there's a handful of guys that are capable of that, even outside of Delhi and Cook. So maybe that's where like the leadership shines more than the on-court production because maybe your third-string point guard isn't either one of these guys. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season, especially with the early weeks of the NFL. Right now, you can find all the latest fantasy and regular football league developments, great game matchups, news, and podcasts including and all the way up to the Super Bowl. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And of course, it's not just football. Uh, there's great stuff for basketball as well, both pro and college. Great stuff for baseball still going on right now. If you're uh, into some of the niche sports like MMA, boxing, and golf, they have Plenty of stuff for that. Also, a lot of fun prop and future bets involving the Sacramento Kings right now for you to bet on so you don't have to wait till preseason and regular season begins to start making money uh, on your Sacramento Kings. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going to Quinn Cook, to me, this is Quinn Cook's position to lose. Like, I just, if, if one of these two guys is getting the spot, to me, it's Quinn Cook because, and this might be uh, unfair. I'm putting it very bluntly. I'm curious if you agree with this or not, Brendan. Quinn Cook is the far better and more reliable basketball player at this point. I I, th- I think Quinn Cook is an NBA player, not an NBA starter, maybe not even an NBA uh, backup, but he is someone who I know can at least provide something in the NBA game. I don't I don't know if Delvadova can provide anything other than leadership for the in the NBA at this point in time. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that hmm, I don't know how to feel about this. I, I think that Delhi, you know what you're getting. Similarly to kind of how we talked about with Lyles. And I don't know that it's a good thing that you know what you're getting because it's not all certainly not all positives. But I feel like it's more consistent. And with Cook, like he's been a really good three-point shooter. Obviously, those 11 games that he played in Stockton were just like absurd. Put up 23 and a half points, five, nearly six assists, and he's shooting 44% from three on 6.8 attempts per game. Like he was ridiculous during his time in Stockton. So I think I definitely have more confidence in him. But I'm a little bit skeptical of a player whose main positive is shooting because there's going to be nights where shots just aren't falling. I think that's just the nature of it. And it's even more difficult. And this is all person to person. And we'll have to see how, or we might get to see how cook functions in this sort of role. But I think it's even more difficult for players that are shooters to just come in for five minutes and you're expected to already be in a rhythm. Um, 
So I, I think that it could make for some weird context for Cook. I, I do think that he brings more right now. I think there's a lot of value in shooting and spacing with this Sacramento roster, specifically like playing off of Domas. Um, so I, I think outside of the leadership also that we kind of highlighted with Della Vadova, I, I think that when it comes to current production that cook definitely gets an edge um and another interesting aspect like i mentioned he's already familiar with mike brown as well um is that i think he's pretty good friends with davion from my understanding and i think he's good friends with a lot of players throughout the league which in my mind means that he's probably a pretty likable personality and as we mentioned on a previous episode i think that there's a lot of value to like trusting and in each other and having an enjoyable locker room environment and if Cook is genuinely friends with a couple of players on this roster, maybe it goes further than just Davion. That I think that that could have just as much value as like leadership. But that's you know definitely something I'm saying from the outside looking in. So I asked the question to myself. I asked the question to you. What do you want out of a third screen, string point guard? And for me, the two things are: I want someone who is going to be able to come in and continue to carry the load offensively or can can play the same style that the Sacramento Kings want to play. Like a, a big example difference that I use is like, I was a fan of Corey Joseph. I know a lot of people weren't a fan of Corey Joseph, but when De'Aaron Fox got hurt and Corey Joseph came in, the Kings went from a transition team to a half court team, right? That that's, I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be for your backup point guard. So if De'Aaron Fox gets hurt, knock on wood, Davion Mitchell steps into that starting point guard role, plays 30 to 35 minutes a night. Quinn Cook, I believe, can come in and play those other 10 to 15 minutes, continue to push the tempo offensively, which is what I believe the Sacramento Kings are going to try and do. And then he provides enough scoring, provides enough offense to where he's not going to fill the whole gap. He's not going to fill half the gap, but at least he can provide some of the scoring that you lose with De'Aaron Fox being out or even Davion Mitchell being out. And maybe he steps into that backup point guard role. I just know that offensively Quinn Cook, I believe can provide what the Sacramento Kings need from their point guards or expect from their point guards on a nightly basis when they do have to break the glass in case of emergency. I would agree with you. And I think ideally for me, a third string point guard is better than either one of these guys, to be honest. Um, but that's why I would personally lean towards just kind of relying on Monk a little bit more or Herder and, and some of these other guys um, to uh, even Bazemore. Like just, it's really in my mind, bring the ball up the floor, get it to Domas. And then he's the one that's running our offense. Um, so I, I think that maybe it's a little bit different when you have a big like that, that you're running the offense through. Um, but I think for me, a third string point guard, again, who is just like a, in an emergency situation, it's just not be a liability out there. And I think that there's times where both of these guys could be. And Delis is definitely more on the offensive end, although he's a better three point shooter than I initially thought at, um, throughout the course of his career. He's definitely willing to get them up with high volume, which can be a good and bad thing if if defenses, as long as you have that gravity, right? Um, but Cook has obviously proven on that end. He could be a really big liability on the defensive end. And the Kings don't have the guys to clean up after him. Like if you look at a Cleveland where Garland's not the best defender, Sexton's not the best defender, but they have obviously all that cleanup behind with a Jared Allen and Evan Mobley or like we saw with Utah with Rudy Gobert. Like Sacramento certainly does not have that luxury. So I, I think that that's where 
it could be a little bit interesting. But I, I think to your question of like what I hope for in a third string point guard is really, um, I, I think your point of keeping the same style is definitely a big value. And I think that Cook probably fits that more than Della Vadova. Um, but for me, it's really just do your job out there and we don't need you to do more than that and, and don't be a liability. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't think there's much more to say about both sides unless you have a final question or a final thing to bring up for both sides, Brendan. So I think probably now the right, right time to transition into who we would pick out of the two to get that 14th or, or 15th roster spot. I've been leading with my pick over the last couple of them, so I'm going to let you lead with this one. I think most people know which way I'm going, but what, where are you at? You know, to be blunt and honest, I don't really care. <laughs> um, I, I I think, again, as we said, like if either one of these guys play, the Kings are in a really tough position. And it is totally reasonable. Like Darren misses games every year. And when that happens, I guess one of these guys is going to get thrown out there. I feel more, I don't know. Can I even say I feel comfortable or confident with either one of these guys? Not really, to be honest. Like I, what I've settled on with this is I'm going to trust the coaching staff's decision because I don't have a strong feel for it. And I think that it's going to be really telling how they perform in training camp. And if one of them shines more or fits the system more then that's the way to lean. I guess personally, I would go with Cook because I've just always really valued spacing on this team. I think that like you've seen during Domas's time with Lithuania, like there's been some games where he's looked really bad, like the worst I've ever seen Domas look in, albeit like 30 games that I've really watched of him. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the spacing around him and the IQ of these other players offensively, right? Like I personally think the team is, I, I think most people think the team's not going to be good on defense and their offense needs to carry them. Mm. So buy into that. I think that you could be trying to hide your weaknesses and in the process of hiding your weaknesses, lose out on your strengths. So I think just fully buy into the offensive um, ability of this team. And I think that for sure, you know that Cook is going to be a good three-point shooter. There's a chance that Delhi's good at nothing, to be honest. People know where I'm going with this. I'm picking Quinn Cook over Matthew Delavadova at this point in time for many of the reasons that I laid out. So instead of reiterating them, Brendan, I'm going to follow this up with a kind of a different question for you. Is there part of you that considers not giving either of these guys a roster spot going into next year with only two point guards on the roster and maybe giving two roster spots to both Achima Maneke and Akazi Akpala and going that route, maybe adding a little more wing project depth instead of third point guard depth. That's fine with me, to be honest. Um, I think that guys I mentioned, Monk, Herter, Bazemore can be the ones to bring the ball up the floor and then run the offense through some other players. Because even when a Quinn Cook or a Del Vidova is out there, I think it functions the same way. They're bringing the ball up the floor, but you're not really running the offense through them. So um, I wouldn't guess that that's the way that they go um, just for kind of how it works with defending size by size and positionally. 
but I could I could totally see the argument for that where you feel okay with Monk defending opposing ones, uh, backup opposing ones in a pinch, or TD doing that, or Bazemore, or even Herder. So I think that that's a certainly a possibility. And the one other thing I want to mention here, uh, Matt, is that am I the only one that thinks like you know I think the real solution here was probably Jaden Hardy. Hmm who they kind of traded away for nothing. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have probably been a better sp- spot to be in. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'd intentionally forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I think you'd be in a better spot significantly with Jaden Harvey than you are Hardy, excuse me, than you are right now. Cause like ideally in my mind, a third string point guard, I guess this, this would have been the better answer to your question before is like a young player that you could see developing into yeah. a backup or more. And that you're allowed to be patient with. And, you know, I, I heard things at Summer League about Hardy, like personality wise, that maybe weren't amazing in the interview process and things like that. So maybe there's reasons to go away from Hardy specifically, but there's other guards um, that you could get in the draft. I mean, there's two different draft picks that they ended up moving on from. I really like mm-hmm. Sasha Vezinkov. Who knows if he'll, they'll be able to convince to bring him over. But like, I think ideally you'd be talking about a third string guard. Actually, question for you Do you think DJ Stewart should have been in this conversation? Uh, I do like that. Actually, speaking of DJ, it's funny that you said that because a guy that I wanted veteran wise, the Kings to potentially take a flyer on was DJ Augustine. So that, I mean, that was the name that I was very interested in just because I'm, I've always been a fan of DJ Augustine's game and he's kind of bounced around and flown under the radar the last few years of his career. And maybe he would have been in a similar position to how much really does he have to offer, but I like the possibility of DJ Augustine a lot. So I think the overall point is Brendan, there were more options out there than just these two and potentially better options than just these two. And I think the Kings chose to go with the route of guys that Mike Brown was more familiar with. And we'll have to see if that makes any difference. Yeah, definitely been a theme of this offseason, right? Mike Brown having familiarity and I think bringing in guys that are seen as uh, maybe not culture, guys that are changing the culture, but guys that are echoing Mike Brown's sentiments about a new culture. Well, there are many options. It's not just two options for uh, for you listeners to respond to here. Quinn Cook, Matthew Delavadova, anybody else? Are you checking the free agency market? Are you giving that roster spot to someone else instead who doesn't play the point guard position and just rolling in with two point guards? What are you doing with this situation? Oh, 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 oh. who's that guy behind you that you're gesturing to, huh? Who's who's, who's this for the audio uh, listeners? Just a little uh, Jamias Ramsey. You never Uh-oh. know. Bring him back. Which is probably pretty telling that he's not on a G League team or anything, but uh, you never know. Jemias. He was a good, good guy. Nice guy. Jemias Ramsey, maybe a, a, a late sneak into the conversation. Whatever you want to do, let me know. I'm Matt George Sack on Twitter. Make sure you get Brendan involved in the conversation as well. Brendan Nunez, NBA. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what the Kings do with that backup point guard spot. Maybe not the most exciting of decisions, but who do you go with? Matthew Delavadova, Quinn Cook, somebody else on this roster and like Brendan and I discussed there at the end, maybe there's someone else in free agency that you would like to see, get this spot. All conversations are open. I don't think the Kings are going to go out and get anybody not uh, named either one of those guys. However, if both of them have a really bad training camp, that's certainly in the realm of possibility. So uh, if there's anybody out there that you would like to see the Kings bring in for that third point guard spot, if you would give it to one of Quinn Cook or Matthew DeLavidova, uh, let us know which one. Appreciate your support. Next episode of Training Camp Battles is going to feature two different battles. Terrence Davis versus Kent Bazemore for that backup three spot. 
And then uh, Namias Keda versus Alex Len for the third string center, third string big man spot. Both of those in one episode for you. Brendan, nice enough to come back for that. I hope you will join us for that episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.